Hey everybody and welcome to the 9 Decide podcast where we chat with super amazing and inspirational people who pounded the pavement before and after their 9 to 5s to get their side hustles off the ground. After listening to the interviews with these amazing guests, you'll walk away with a refreshed pep in your step and a newfound motivation to make your side hustle a reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 15. It's officially spring. In my book, everyone's book, it's spring. And spring means that it's almost my birthday, and I love my birthday. Um, Even though I feel like I'm a 1,000 years old, some people be like, you're not that old. And then some people that are younger will be like, yeah, you're that old. Either way, I feel like lately, especially the last couple years, that I've been aging in fast forward. I feel like every time I look at myself in the mirror, I look a little more and more like the Crypt Keeper. So I prefer to do my makeup by candlelight, which is just a lot better for me emotionally when I'm going into my day rather than the bright fluorescent lights that my husband chooses to turn on that make me want to throw myself out the window. But anyways, either way, regardless of whether I am getting older by the second, I still love my birthday. I love celebrating my birthday. I love when other people celebrate my birthday. I feel like my birthday should be a month-long celebration. And For people that are close to me, they might argue that it is a month-long celebration. But anyway, I feel like obviously birthdays make you think of birth. I love when my mom texts me and she's like, you were born about this time right now. It's crazy. And so now I feel like I have those stories to pass on to my children. However, I feel like all three of my births were slightly traumatic. Some of those births more traumatic than the other. But all those stories of like children entering the world, you know, with birds singing and whatever, that did not happen for me. Crazy, crazy, crazy births. My husband and I were crazy panicked. My husband has anxiety to begin with. So he's probably not the best partner in crime to have during like a high intense pressure situation like that. And we had no idea what we were doing the first time, the second time, even the third time. Like you never know because each time is different. But not to scare any new mothers out there, anybody that's having, you know, births. I feel like my births were on the rare spectrum. And every time I went in, people were like, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be amazing. You know, do this and this and everything will be great. And it wasn't. And the final one was even worse than the other two. My children are all amazing and that's great. So it was only pretty much my body and everything that I think was finally just like, please stop having children. Like, we're really like, we're shutting down. But anyway, I find that anybody that does anything in the field of, you know, maternal care, being in that space while people not related to them are having babies are incredible superheroes. And so I don't know how many of you out there know what a doula is, but a doula is somebody that provides basically continuous physical, emotional, and informational support to a mother before during, and shortly after childbirth. They're phenomenal. Some people choose to have them. Some people choose not. It's sort of in addition to, obviously, your OBGYN and medical provider. They don't provide any kind of medicine or so forth. They're there for the the additional support. But they are there through the whole thing. They know what's going on. They know what questions to ask. And I did not have a doula. Looking back, I really wish that I did because I feel like 
my husband and I were both just a hot mess between the two of us. I feel like we were both, he had anxiety and I was not knowing what was going on and it was just crazy. And it would have been so nice to have, you know, a calming, consistent presence that's dedicated to you and your needs with you at all times. That just has been there before that can like reassure you that everything is going to be okay. Because while your doctors are amazing and they're there, they're the experts, they obviously have other patients and they come in and out and actually really only see your doctor right as the baby's coming out because a lot of times it's the nurses that are supporting you up until the point where you're actually ready to give birth. So anyway, my next guest is just, in my book, is a superhero. I think the work she does is just, I don't know, I'm I'm just, I'm so incredibly inspired on a whole other level by people that choose to do this. And her name is Carrie Burke, and she's with At Peace Birth and Wellness. And she is a doula, and her organization offers a bunch of other services, but she spends her time basically being with women while they're giving birth and providing those services. And it's incredible to me. And her story, along with some of her own struggles, kind of with infertility and the things that she went through on top of, you know, that to provide services to women who are giving you know, giving birth and being there for them while, you know, they're experiencing this is just incredible to me. So without further ado, this is my interview with uh, Carrie Burke from At Peace Birth and Wellness, and I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, so let's just start. Thanks for joining. And Carrie Burke, right? Is that your married name? Yes. Yes, Carrie Burke. Okay, so tell me a little bit about you, what you do, where you live, how many kids you have, and what you do now. So I am a married mother of two. I have a six-year-old daughter, Stella, an 18-month-old son, Evan. I live in Mercer County. I'm a licensed massage therapist, a DONA certified birth doula, and a certified infant massage uh, educator. So, okay. So walk us through what a DONA is and what like a certified DONA is and a doula. Is that how you say it? A doula? Yeah. So DONA is the organization. And you know, I would say it's probably one of the more prestigious organizations to get your doula certification through. There's a lot out there, but DONA is probably the longest running one. So a birth doula is we provide physical, emotional support for families during labor and delivery. Throughout pregnancy, throughout postpartum, I'm a birth doula. So I work with families from the time they contract, which is usually you know, at some point in their pregnancy, we do a prenatal appointment. We go over all, you know, the desires of their birth outcome. As we all know, anything can happen in the delivery room and changes can, you know, our birth plan can go out the window, but we still make them. I still have my clients, you know, make a birth plan because we like to just honor, you know, people's voices as long as we can. We stick to the plan as much as we can until we can't, but then we go to the next best thing and all that stuff is covered in the prenatal appointment and we go over every scenario so that families are informed, they feel empowered, they feel in control of their choices. You know, healthy mom and baby, that's like the lowest bar we can set, right? That goes without saying, of course, we want healthy mom and baby, but we want a non-traumatized mom going into her postpartum period. We want them going into that fourth trimester, mentally healthy, carrying a positive birth experience. Even if you've had, you know, induction, epidural, you ended in a C-section, 
it doesn't have to leave a negative impact on you. When you're supported properly, you can still have a positive outcome from it and not carry any, you know, trauma into your postpartum. So we work very closely with families. We provide pain relief position techniques. My partner and I, we do a lot of spinning baby type stuff. I incorporate my massage work. She does childbirth education. We just arm these families with a ton of knowledge or support in the delivery room, especially for partners, you know, spouses, they see their wives, girlfriends, partners in pain, and they want to just fix, right? But they don't always understand that this is all part of the process. And these intense surges that, you know, women experience it brings baby into their arms. So we just kind of work with them and we're that reassurance in the room that says, hey, this is all normal. Hey, this is all good. So to, just to clarify for everybody, because I was always confused about this, you're not administering any kind of like medical attention. You're there basically to consult with the family from like, do they contact you as soon as they've conceived basically and decide that they want to partner with you? Like, do they, is it kind of like an interview process where you make sure it's a fit for them? How does that, yeah. that work? Yeah, so we're completely non-medical, but we are part of your birth team. And that's really what it is. Your whole team is made up of your practitioners that you feel like support, you know, the birth that you'd like to achieve. You know, your partner becomes educated so that they can help support the birth that you'd like to achieve. And then you hire your doulas and we help make that whole entire process go a lot smoother and make it a lot more obtainable. I don't remember all the stats offhand, but having a doula, it's like cuts your C-section risk by 50%. Your induction risk is, you know, cut much shorter. So there's a lot of different things that we do to support these births to happen as intervention-free as possible. But for the most part, I would say midway is when people start to really start considering doula support. I always encourage them to find a couple doulas, do an interview process, see who you click with. And work from there because it's a very sacred space to have somebody in, a very vulnerable space. And you want to interview a few and make sure that they fit into your life and you feel comfortable welcoming them into that space. So yeah, the process, that's how the process works. We start an interview and we go from there. And how many clients do you typically have at a time? Because don't you, when women are giving birth, it obviously happens, you know, it can happen as planned or completely spontaneous. Are you on call and leaving your house at all hours? You have two kids of your own and you, then you're present at other people's births, which could take 24 hours, 48 hours. How does that, how does that fit into your schedule? <laughs> so it miraculously, like somehow the universe always makes it work. But um, <laughs> there's definitely some like hairy times there where I'm like, oh gosh, how am I going to do all this? But when I first started, I practiced on my own and I always had a backup doula. And a vacation, like if you were on vacation or something like you. Okay. Yeah, I always have a backup. And the problem with working it that way as a solo practitioner is, is you build a relationship with these clients and you really learn their story and their wishes. And then you drop the bomb on them like, and I'd like you to meet my backup in the event that it's needed. So I met this wonderful doula, Mary Sefchak. We met each other through a Facebook group for doulas and midwives. And the more we started talking together, we just realized we're a great team. So Mary and I decided, you know what, let's just team this and go into it as 
a partnership. So what we do now is we meet clients together and have the consultation together. That way they meet us both. They like us both. We do the prenatal appointments together. We do all the prenatal communication together. And then we create a on-call schedule. So there's no backup in this situation where you don't know who's going to be coming to your delivery room. These clients know that it will be Mary or myself. And in the event one of us ends up being at one of our other births, the other one is the backup. So there's no stranger coming to your delivery room. Clients have worked with both of us throughout their pregnancy, and they know that one of us will be there for them. So it's taken the stress off to know that we have that in place. We don't have to send our backup to anybody, and we know that we have each other. And then part of our team, we have Julia, who does most of our postpartum doula work, but she also is a birth doula. So in a real pinch, we always know we have Julia available as well. That's great. I think that probably relieves stress off you too. I would imagine it's a big, big bird to carry because like so much like, I mean, it's your business, right? You guys obviously created this business at Peace Birth, right? And I feel like you are the the attraction to that, like the people are drawn to you. So there's only one of you or so that makes it difficult. You can't be in a million places at once. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense. So I want to kind of back up a little bit, just talking about, we know where you are, you're established with your business, but take me back. You know, this is obviously about side hustles and yours is obviously a full-time job now, but it sort of started as a side hustle. Tell me what you were doing prior and what the journey looked like to getting to starting your business and where you are now. Tell me what that looked like. When I was 19, I had started a job with the state of New Jersey working full-time right out of high school. It was a salary and benefits job and I wasn't college bound, so it was perfect for me. I ended up staying there for 15 years. College was never really on my radar. So at 28, I kind of was in a a long relationship and I made some impulsive financial decisions (laughs) that maybe I shouldn't have. So I was looking for extra money and I had an acquaintance at the time who was a massage therapist and she was like, you know, you should go into massage. It's great money as opposed to just like working at a cashier somewhere or a store, you know, get into a profession and it wasn't, didn't call to me at all. That's not really, I'm not big on touching people, but okay. (laughs) But I went and I checked out the school uh, anyway. So, and I just got this feeling when I walked into the massage school that there was just going to be shift in my life. And I didn't even understand it at the time. And, but I just felt like I knew I was supposed to be there in that school. So I went into school and shortly after I started that program, I had a lot of shifts in toxic relationships, different things shifted for me and changed and ended and got me kind of on track. So the program was a year long. And throughout that year, my grandfather had gotten sick and was put on hospice. And I saw in that palliative care setting how much touch was effective, even at those later stages of life. So I knew that I wanted to do more with this massage path that I found. So One of the first continuing education certification courses that I took out of massage school was oncology massage, people living with life-altering illnesses, terminal illnesses. I jumped into that. I did a lot of work with that. But I also knew that I wanted to do something in the baby field. I didn't know even what a doula was at the time. but um, And you had no kids of your own at this time? My sister had gotten pregnant the first time when I was 
22, I think, and her and I are very close. So I was always overly interested in her pregnancies. And I think like now I'm like, well, of course. It all but makes sense now. Time, it totally wasn't like a normal thing for a 20 girl <laughs> to be into. But with this oncology massage and so much, you know, hospice work and that sort of thing, I knew I wanted to do something with babies and kind of balance out this end of life, beginning of life cycle. That part didn't come to me right away, but I worked for the state. I was there. It was hard. As I started having this part-time job of being a massage therapist and this passion for this work, I would just, this is not a lie. Every morning I used to say to myself, I hate my job. I hate my life. Get up. (laughs) I think there's probably a lot of people that whether they say it out loud or know it, that recite just that. So yeah, during the massage school process, I started dating my now husband and he is my biggest supporter in everything. And he knew that one day my plan was to only massage and be home with our future kids. But yeah, so I had to continue putting in the time and I'm in my 11th year of being a massage therapist, and I still worked for four more years after graduating as a massage therapist, working full-time and doing that part-time. When my daughter was born, I had an amazing birth experience. I had a hospital birth. I was very interested in having an unmedicated birth because, like I said, I was, I'm very close to my sister, and I was watching her go through these pregnancies and labors and everything, and With her second, she had gotten an epidural and she was one of those rare, rare cases that had gotten the spinal headache from the epidural, which the risk is so low, but, you know, leave it to our family to get like the weird low risk things. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just torture. The first two weeks, my niece was born. My sister was on bed rest with this massive spinal headache from the epidural. And being 24 at the time, it just kind of like burnt into my brain, like this epidural experience. So when I got pregnant, I was like, Oh, I'm not getting that. That's I'm really going to try hard not to get that. And I do better with pain than I do with the unknown. So I thought I could probably handle pain better than I can handle feeling nothing that would kind of flip me out a little bit. So and I don't discourage epidurals at all. They're a wonderful tool and useful. And sometimes they are life saving. So my personal story with it has no bearing on how my outlook is on other people using it. But um, (laughs) it just was something that just stuck in my head for so long. So I studied hard for labor. (laughs) I, you know, informed myself as much as possible. And I labored at home as long as I could, that when I got to the hospital, I was far enough progressed that I just kept going and ended up having this wonderful unmedicated childbirth with a very, very supportive midwife that moved me in different positions and coached me through and just you know, just had all these tricks up her sleeve. So when it was over and I had my postpartum check-in, I said to her, I was like, you know, I would love to do this for other people, but I'm not going to go to nursing school now at this point. I was 32 when I had my daughter and not that it's too old, but I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) At this age, I'm not going to start nursing school and then go into midwifery and all that. And she said, well, why don't you be a birth doula? And I said, a what? I said, and she explained, the role of a birth doula and how basically this kind of support she was giving me in the labor and delivery room is the type of support a doula would normally provide. So what's the difference between a midwife and a doula and do they work together or do you pick usually one or the other? No. So, you know, a midwife and an OBGYN, they are licensed medical providers. I'm not a medical provider. I provide emotional support, physical support, comfort measures, 
you know, education, information. So we all work as a great team together. Doulas are becoming very widely accepted in hospitals. Midwives typically love us and they refer clients to us. OBGYNs are getting better. <laughs> a lot of them are okay with doulas and they're getting much, much better at seeing our role as beneficial. Did they find you to be like getting in the way in the delivery so, room? If you look at the research and the statistics, the statistics are that birth outcomes are much more positive and safe when you follow a midwifery model care. OBGYN don't typically follow a midwifery model of care where it's less interventions, more hand off and letting hands off and letting the physiological aspect of labor just take its process. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there's a lot of interventions with OBs and not all of them. And it's different here in New Jersey, especially our region. It's not like that. We have a lot of great OBs and practices where they really allow a woman to labor without saying like, oh, you've you know, been laboring too long or your water has been broken too long, like that kind of thing. They really allow the process to take its course. But there's a whole big country out there and a lot of areas where they're just not just not where we should be as far as evidence based of women moving during labor and eating and position changes and different tools to use, you know, nitrous oxide, TENS unit, there's all these different things to provide pain relief. So sometimes there's OBs that they're not as into these alternative approaches, but for the most part, it's much better. And a lot of practices now have also midwives on their team. So when I had my birth and I spoke to my midwife and she had told me about, you know, the doula you know, role, I knew that that was what I was going to do. So when my daughter turned two, I took the workshop, I got my certification. How long did the workshop take you? Is it just one work? Like how long was it to become a certified doula? The workshop was four days. It took me two years to complete my certification. There's other people that they complete it much sooner. I was at home with a young child and just took my time doing it. I had a few obstacles along my way. Finishing my certification, I experienced some secondary infertility for my second child. And even though I was taking on births to meet my requirements, and even after I got the required amount of births, once I started getting into uh, fertility treatment and finding out that it wasn't going to be as easy and Eventually, it didn't happen at all. I ended up, we adopted my second child. But it was hard to do that kind of work when I wanted so badly the what I was showing up to. Yeah, um, I can't imagine that. So you ended up adopting your, your son. I adopted after- my son, yeah. So there was a little break in my certification process just because emotionally I felt that my job is to be 100% supportive of the people that were in the birthing situation. And if I had any emotional stuff going on related to that, I had to take a step back and just let that run its course before I could really be there for these clients. So my certification process took two years just because I had to remove myself from it a little bit. But there's also a lot of reading involved, paperwork, births, you have to have, you know, medical staff sign off on your births and the notes that you take. It's an involved process. So uh, it costs a lot of, I mean, just for people listening who, because I feel like if people are listening to these episodes and interested in getting started in the area that you are maybe interested in becoming a doula themselves, is there a big cost investment in 
taking those courses and getting the certification? I would say yes and no, depending on your situation. So I want to say my workshop was around $600, which I felt like was extremely, extremely reasonable. But in another situation, it might not be as reasonable for somebody else. But a lot of mentors that are running their workshops will offer different grants and, you know, tuition reduction and that sort of thing for anybody that, you know, qualifies for that. So I would say to anybody that is interested in doing this, if funds are an issue, shop around for different workshops because there will be a mentor that will work with your financial situation to get you into this because doulas are so, so needed all over the map and especially in lower income areas. You know, you want to be certified. You don't want finances to stop you from completing the certification. Anybody can call themselves a doula. If you take a workshop and you don't get certified, you can still call yourself a doula and work. The only hiccup that people might be having now is with COVID and hospitals. They were asking to see that certification card. Mm -hmm. And if you certified, they weren't allowing you in, which could be a big problem for lower income areas if they didn't, you know, have the means to do the certification. So So then when you do get the certification, do you look for an OB doctor's office or some kind of practice to join if you weren't going to start your own business? Or do most people kind of go out on their own and, you know, just sort of represent themselves and consult clients directly? Or do you do join a practice and just offer your services as sort of an add-on when they're going to their OB? Yeah. So we're independently contracted through the client, depending on what the restrictions are of the practice and whether or not they can hand out our material, depending on how they're licensed and their rules and protocols. We do have a lot of practices that the midwives will send our way, get a lot of midwife referrals. There's also a website called Doula Match. It's one of the best websites out there to find your doula. Put in your criteria, the price range that you can hire in your area, it'll bring you up a list of doulas and all their credentials. You can go out to Dona's website. You can find certified doulas in your area. Does insurance cover, like if you do want to use a doula, is any of that covered under insurance or is that all out-of-pocket expense, the client? So most doulas do work at an out-of-pocket and on a sliding scale if need be and have payment plans. I do know that some doulas do accept, I never remember if it's Medicaid or Medicaid. (laughs) I don't know if the reimbursement is worth it to do it through insurance sometimes. I'd almost rather work on a sliding scale with somebody than to worry about the insurance end of it. Sometimes practices will refer you, doula match. You go out there and you kind of, you know, network yourself. I'm in a good position being a massage therapist because I do a lot of prenatal massage. I do the massage work. People get a sense for like my touch, for my vibe. Afterwards, I'll mention, you know, hey, I just want to let you know if you're interested. I'm also a birth doula. Here's, you know, my information if you want to learn more. So Mary and I are in a good position. And with Julia, we meet all your needs from beginning to end. So I do infant massage education. I'm a massage therapist and I'm a birth doula. Mary does childbirth education. She's a birth doula. She's a lactation counselor. Julia is our postpartum doula. She does sibling doula. So if 
parents have another sibling at home and they don't have a sitter type of thing, Julia is our girl to jump in and help. Oh, um, wow. That's great. Do that. Yeah. She does a lot of herbs and that sort of thing. And she does a lot of like good postpartum meal prepping. She's really great. And she's also yoga certified and does a lot of private classes. Between the three of us, we're kind of like your one-stop shop. Yeah, I wish I had that. I feel like not a lot of people, I don't know, it's not something that's really like offered or discussed that much. Like, you know, I don't know if it's so, I know a lot of people who have had doulas, but I don't think like when you're traditionally pregnant and you go to your OB that they're like, here are your options. Like you should consider a doula that it's like, it's really presented to you in that way. And I think it is. I think the benefits are definitely worth it, especially the postpartum. I mean, I think you're kind of left, (laughs) left after you leave the hospital, you're just, you know, depending on your support system, you really are left on your own and it's very overwhelming and difficult for a lot of people. So I get a lot more with OB referrals. We get a lot more moms that have had an OB referral if they're going for a VBAC. That's when the OB usually says, if you'd like to have a VBAC, a successful VBAC, and your best shot at a VBAC, get a doula. I think most people know what a VBAC is, but for those that don't, it's a vaginal birth after a cesarean. And when you have a doula, your um, succession of having a VBAC is much higher because we prepare your body for it. We prepare you mentally. And we just arm you with information and knowledge that maybe you didn't have the first time around and you couldn't speak up and advocate for yourself for some decisions that were made. A lot of times we do get second time families that are like, hey, you know what? Our first birth was a nightmare. We didn't know that this was available or that was available and these options were available. So we go through all that with these families so that they know like, hey, what happened the first time didn't necessarily have to happen. This is what we would do next time to kind of circumvent that. Or they had a great experience and they want to carry on the trend. Of, you yeah. Know, so, yeah. I'm always um, jealous of people that had great experiences. I, not so much, but <laughs> it is really nice like to have somebody that you also is like so close to you, aside from your partner, whoever you're with in the delivery room that like is there with you, who's professionally trained. I can't tell you how many times because we always especially first-time parents, we always tell them, you know, the biggest thing that's helpful with having a doula in the room is that as much as you can have the greatest nurses in the world, the bottom line is, is they just really don't have the time to spend with you and your provider. You'll see midwives more than you'll see your OBs, but in the same respect, they're just kind of popping in. How are you doing? Do you need anything? Checking things over. The nice thing about the doula is that we're just there only for you. And so you always have that person in the room that kind of understands, not kind of understands, we do understand what's going on, but we also understand the medical terms. So when a nurse or a doctor or a midwife pops in and they say something real fast and, you know, then they pop back out. When they walk out, we can say, this is what they're saying and break it down for them and put it in terms that they can understand. For spouses, sometimes labors can drag on a little bit and we'll say like, Hey, now's a nice time. If you want to pop outside and get some fresh air or go to the cafeteria, like we'll never send you out when we know that a delivery is going to come. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is, I'm sure the guy, the, any partners like, sure, I'll take a break. I feel like my husband would have been like, thank you for giving me the out. Appreciate yeah, it. The pressure off. Like you don't have that guilt <laughs> of feeling, Oh, I just left her in there alone. 
we're always there. You can take the pressure off of these partners by they don't have to think of what to do to make you feel better. They don't have to feel the pressure of being in that room 24-7. Labor is a very intense experience for everybody. And partners need a break too. And they need support too. And they don't have all this stress and pressure of figuring out like massage help now or would this help now? And as Mary always says so eloquently, we just like to kind of orchestrate that dance between the spouses, that labor dance. And that's kind of our role sometimes. Sometimes we're super hands off and we just guide the partners and say, this is what would be helpful. Why don't you guys try doing this together? And then there's other times where we step in and say, hey, why don't you be front and center and emotional? I'm going to kind of do some pain relief, counter pressure, and that sort of thing. I've also had single moms hire me moms that just said, Hey, I'm not waiting for a man. I'm doing the IVF process. So Um, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a good team player to have for whatever type of dynamic your family is. Yeah. I think what you offer the services from beginning to end to like all the way through postpartum just really makes you, there's somebody there. If you do want to hire you guys for the whole service, it's like very consistent and you just reassuring to know and connect with the same team of people throughout the whole process who really get to know you. So I think there's something to be said for that. I wanted to ask you about the formation of your business. So you were, when that kind of came about, so you decided to actually, I know you met Mary, right? And then you guys decided that it would, did you immediately decide it would make the most sense to form this business together? So Mary, Julia, and I, we all have our own businesses. (laughs) but we are a team. So if you go to any one of our websites, we are all linked together. I decided to do my LLC. I'm just coming up a year on my LLC. I was always kind of doing my own clients on the side, out of home and working different places. Are you talking about still massage therapy or doing the doula stuff? For massage, but then I was doing the doula stuff privately too. And I had insurance and everything for both, but I was kind of just like bouncing around And the last place I worked for massage was Alchemy Mind and Body in Kingston, which I love, love, love. But I was picking up some more births and it just got to the point where it would stress me out. So when I had my private massage clients and I had a birth, I could easily say, hey, I got to reschedule you. I'm at a birth. But when you work for somewhere else, you have to have coverage, that sort of thing. So it started getting to the point where I was getting more births and it was harder to maintain my schedule at the spa. So I was seeing some people at home and I was doing my births and I worked. One of the massage teachers that was at the school when I went is an acupuncturist now and has a great space here in Allentown, New Jersey. And in November of 2020, I said, I need a space to work out of. I kind of am ready to take the leap, which is weird in COVID to take such a leap for such a touchy job. But <laughs> no, but- I think it's a perfect time right now during a pandemic <laughs> to really <laughs> launch oh, this. I want to be able to have these prenatal appointments with doula clients in a safe space. I don't want to go to their houses for the first time all the time. So I just took a leap, got my LLC, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And thankfully... Stephanie, who is the owner of Natural Alternative Center for Wellness here in Allentown. She's the acupuncturist. She was so gracious to give me a chance to build up my practice here in her space. So I took a leap of faith 
and got this office and I started building on my own and I was getting more and more births and randomly in this Facebook group, Mary had posted that she had a backup doula and I don't remember what the situation was with that backup doula, but in March she had four due dates within 10 days and she needed a backup. So I won't get into the big whole spiel of what a TENS unit is, but it is a tool that we use for, you know, muscle stimulation during labor. So that's the first time we met in person was me offering her some of my supplies. Um, So we had been in contact more and more over different dates that we had clients for. Can you back me here? Can you back me there? And then finally, we just had a conversation and we said, you know what, this is exhausting to try to find coverage and to back each other and to worry about this. And then to worry, are our clients going to be okay with who we selected as our backup? We just said, you know what, let's, we find our similarities are very, you know, they complement each other very well. So we just said, let's do this. Let's do it together and we'll see how it works. The first year's trial and error. We're like, we're just going to see how it works. We'll try one thing. If it doesn't feel good, we'll, we'll keep tweaking until we get our system down pat. Right now, it's just, we have a very good working relationship together, which is turning into a very good friendship. It's just a nice place to be. And it keeps this job, it keeps the passion in it because we don't feel so stressed about it. So you have your own businesses and then at Peace Birth is the company that is like you got your offerings as like all what all three of you offer together, right? And then it links out. I know you guys have your own, you continue to have your own separate businesses outside of that, right? We kind of all go under each other's umbrellas in our own way. So like Mary might handle the financial aspect of it under her birth called Philomena birth, but we all just kind of make it work and we just are like almost independent contractors. So we all keep our own businesses because we all offer separate things that sometimes not every client utilizes. So I keep my own practice because obviously I'm a massage therapist. I do infant massage education. People are going to come to me just for that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, see men, women, not pregnant, pregnant. I do my massage work is so separate. Yeah. If people were to find me, they're going to find all of us and everything that we offer as a team. So would you say that doula work that you do is your side hustle and massage therapy was kind of like was your main business and the becoming a doula and adding that work in what was the side hustle that kind of like complemented what was initially your full-time business which was the massage therapy. I would say the massage started as the side hustle because I always worked full-time in a desk job that my massage was always my side hustle. And then I would say they both continued to be a side hustle until I was able to jump in because when I had my daughter, I was more of a full-time stay-at-home mom with some massage. Got it. And I took the dual certification and then I did both of them, not extremely frequently. I massaged two days a week and then I took one or two breaths as they came. And now I am massaging. I'm in my office three days a week and Mary and I are taking about four to six births a month. Wow. That's very impressive. So in just in kind of wrapping it up to ask, you know, just for people who are listening, who are interested in, which I think is, it's such amazing work that you guys do and, and so unique. I don't think there's, it's not like every day you meet someone who's in this line of work, who's in, in a birthing area. I mean, I can't think of anything like, I don't know, 
it just, it takes like a strong stomach and like to be in there watching people go through pain and like helping them through. I mean, it's amazing work that you're doing. If there are people listening who want to get into what you're doing, I mean, I think you really did a great job explaining the path and how you got into that. But what would you say are some tips for someone who's listening who would be wanting to get into the doula work specifically? I would say do your research and learn as much as possible. People are coming to you for your knowledge specifically of the body and your birth knowledge. So do all your homework, take the CEUs, learn as much as possible because they're coming to you as you're the expert almost. They want to feel that reassurance by you. And so know your stuff. I would say be a good listener. You have to be a good listener. You have to hear what your clients are saying. With the massage aspect of it, you need to know what they're looking to achieve from the session. With the birth, it's going to be about their fears, their past experiences, their overall wishes for birth. So as much as we have a ton of knowledge and we can just like spit out so many different things to you, it ultimately comes down to listening to what they want and making sure you're hearing it so that you can give them the best experience. Like it's great as a doula to leave the labor and delivery floor and think like, wow, I just really rocked that birth. But if it wasn't the birth that they wanted or the expectations that they had, it's ultimately about their preservation of their memory and of the experience. So is the first step taking that course that you mentioned, is that the best way to get into it? Is just, that's kind of the first step. Yes. Workshop and, you know, go from there. Do your practice births that you have to do for your certification because the workshop is informative. My workshop that I did, I felt ready to jump into a hospital setting, birth setting, home birth, whatever the case may be. I felt ready from the information that I learned at my workshop to go out and practice. But you never know how much you're going to enjoy the job until you're thrown into it and doing it, right? So I encourage people to take your workshop and then find your certifying clients for your certification and make sure that you like it when you're in there. Well, that's true. You wouldn't really know until you're actually in that situation if it is definitely for you. So that's, I think that's really good advice. And then lastly, tell everybody kind of where, what your website is, where we can find you online. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Yeah. So. I am on everything. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't use LinkedIn as much. Maybe I should use it more, but (laughs) I'm on Facebook at Peace, Birth, and Wellness. My website is linked to both of those social media sites. I have to buy a domain, I think, for... I'm telling you, I'm not... not Oh, yeah. This is Wix site, right? Is that what you're on there? Yeah, peacebirth.com, but it's like Wix site, dot this, dot that, dot that, like... So I do have to get on that. I have somebody that runs my website and she is phenomenal. So she's going to help me get into the current time and be more searchable. (laughs) I do come up if you Google me at Peace, Birth and Wellness on Google, but my page is linked on both my Instagram and Facebook accounts. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. And I feel like this is super interesting stuff. Like I said, wish that I had had you for any one of my births, especially my last birth, which was such a disaster. 